the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sitting me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Welcome, everyone, to this bonus episode three of That Witch Life Podcast. How's everyone doing? I mean, in what context? <laughs> I figured that might be the... <laughs> we're, uh, today, we're joined by Naja Lightfoot, who's been on the, on the show before, and uh, she's amazing. She's the author of Good Juju, Mojo's Rights and Practices for the Magical Soul, she is a winner of the 2019 New York City Big Book Award. She is an initiated member of the La Source Ancienne en Fou, a private voodoo society in New Orleans, Louisiana, a sister priestess of the Divine Feminine and an active member of the De- Denver Pagan community. She keeps her magic strong through the practice of Kung Fu and folk magic of hoodoo, pagan rituals, and her belief in the mysteries of the universe. She finds inspiration in movies, music, and the blue skies of Colorado. Naja is also a regular contributing author to the Llewellyn Almanac series. She is also under contract for her new book in the Good Juju series and is mid-writing it. Is that correct, Naja? That is correct. Yes, I am. So we are thrilled about that and also just thrilled to have you here. Um, yeah, it is crazy times for everyone, right? I feel like um, it is every day. Is, I'm tr- I think we're all trying to take each day one day at a time and uh, but it's definitely a crazy world out there. What has everyone been up to in their in their isolation? Yeah, I'm trying to just take it one day at a time. And um, thank you for mentioning that, you know, I'm under contract for the second book um, in the Good Juju series with Llewellyn. And I'm very happy about that. And I'm very grateful that I'm under contract because it's been very difficult to write. Uh, I don't know if I would be as motivated and I'm just not beating myself up about it. Uh, Some days I can get, you know, words on the page. Other days I can only just get a thought on the page and just really just giving myself, you know, room to say, you know, today I I can write. Um, Today I can't write. It does seem, you know, that my muse just... (laughs) flew right out the window with the coronavirus. And um, I think it's important um, during these troubled times that we're in and this, you know, unprecedented time we're in that people have the space and the permission to just, you know, be how you are, however that happens to be, and try not to put any extra pressures on ourselves. Uh, this is Courtney. Um, since Hillary didn't introduce me, I'll introduce myself. Hi, this is Courtney, and I'm one of the co-hosts. Point, that was everybody like- should know who you two are. <laughs> what if it's the first time somebody's okay, listening? To Hillary? So these are my co-hosts. Courtney. It's, it's Hillary. Hillary. She's not me. Not everyone knows who she is. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So, so just to clarify, we have 
we all know Kanani, so no one, nothing new there. But we also have Courtney, a co-host on the show. Shocker. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say uh, thank you, Najaf, for saying that because I have had this weird pressure on myself to fix everything in the house that I've ever wanted to fix and write the novel I've been trying to write for four years all in the same week. Because mm-hmm. if quarantine lifts next week, which we now know that it won't, um, then, it was, then I'll be mad at myself that I didn't get all of my cabinets cleaned out and organized. But I did organize two of the drawers in my kitchen, which a lot of people have commented on because of my Instagram feed. They're like, yeah, your drawers look awesome. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yes, I saw those pictures. Your drawers do look awesome. My husband <laughs> hates your drawers because I bought the organizers that you used. <laughs> did you really? I did. So my husband's like furious. He's like, why is she posting things for you to buy? Like, this is not the time. Nani's <laughs> like, I will not let her succeed over me. No, I will I not like, you know, she can't have things I don't have. That's not how this works. You know that. And he does. Well, so I- he got over it. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He's not new to this rodeo. Oh my goodness. It, this, is the, this is the first week where um, I started to feel the pressure, um, mount to a, a, to a pitch for me. Um, there were quite a few 3am crying sessions because I couldn't sleep and was just, uh, everything feels so much more intense than it is. Um, one of the things that I worked with, uh, was really fortuitous because as one of my, you know, setting up a 3am crying and looking on Facebook, which never makes me feel better, but I always go in there anyway, when I'm upset, I don't know why I just oh, yeah, know I better right now. It's not going to help. And Evo Dominguez Jr. had written and recorded, um, actually his, his husband had re- recorded it, but a very beautiful meditation for cutting through emotions that are unhelpful and are, are holding you back. And so I've been doing some of that work and I will post a link to that on our website, but the short version is that you envision the really painful emotions around you as like a storm cloud and you rise above it and you pierce it and then you disperse the storm. And I found that imagery incredibly helpful. So again, I will post the link to where people can find that because he is graciously giving that meditation away to for free right now. And I found it helpful. So I'm hoping other people can find it helpful too. Let me tell you what is not helpful with being able to sleep at night. Watching the Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. PSA. I am not watching the Tiger King. I heard about it. I saw the, my son was like, you should watch the Tiger King. And I'm like, uh, no. You'll never sleep again. Like, like last no, night was the first night I could start to sleep. And I, that's when my husband and I started watching it. And my brain was just going all night long. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why are and they then, like this? Why? Yeah. I don't understand. Why? He came back and he said, mom, you made a good decision. I said, thank you, honey. Uh, yeah, uh, is, uh, I, please. I, I don't want to know any more about that show. I, I, I heard I enough. No, I don't want to know. I, I watched down. three episodes and I couldn't tell you anything about the show. Other than your mouth is open the whole time and you're just going... It yeah. hurts me that we live on the same planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know how Netflix does that horrible thing of playing all the previews when you're yeah. watching something? I have to mute it so I can just look. But 
I had heard like some of the conversation and what I was like, oh no, no, this is not for me right now. No can do. My no. husband's going to get mad at me for oversharing this, but I'm going to, cause it was funny. <laughs> he was talking about how maybe we should uh, get a little frisky tonight. And I looked at him and I'm like, we're going to be watching some more episodes of the tiger King. We already said that. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I looked at him and I'm like, if you can have sex after watching episodes of the tiger King, you just pack your shit now and get out of this house. Because if there is anything that is the anti aphrodisiac, it is that show. We're done. And he just laughed. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not even joking. Like if you can even think about it, like you just get away from me. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I binged that over the weekend and it was a, ride it was a it was a wild ride i just started it um and my husband does not want me watching it while he's in the house but more than that i don't want to watch it while he's in the house because it'll make him so angry i'm afraid he's going to start breaking things but Mm. (laughs) but um i did watch i've watched the first two episodes and i definitely need to see the whole thing i actually have two good netflix recommendations um, one of them is hysterical. One of them is hopeful, but also kind of horrifying. So the hysterical one, it's a little old now. It's, it's, it has it, two seasons in. Last season came out last year. It's Dairy Girls. It's Hillary, really you did. Good. Oh, you've seen it? I've seen a few episodes. It's so good. Kanani, this is going to be your next one. This is going to help get the the tiger king out of your soul. So it's based in Northern Ireland in the nineties. And it's, you know, so it's the height of the, of the troubles in that part of Ireland. And it's also teenage girls just being completely moronic teenage girls as they are. And (laughs) they're over anxious parents. And, um, a lot of it hit really close to home being teenagers in the nineties. It was like, it's really good. It's so good. So it, I watched it and I honestly forgot that there was a virus going on while I was binging it. I was Ooh, like, oh, that's what? good. That's yeah. good. And there's this- actually been a couple shows or like movies I've watched with the kids. I've realized I have to tone down my news intake because oh, yes. I, I've, I've, there were a couple times where we were just like having a game night or a movie night and things just felt normal for a moment. And I was just like, I need more of these moments. Yes. Because they're so infrequent now. I'm like, I need more of these little moments where it doesn't feel like everything about our life is upside down right now. I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to make everyone mad at me. But I will because it's fine. I don't care. Um, I did, in fact, watch Monty Python. Oh, God, I'm afraid. Go ahead. (laughs) My husband laughed the entire time. Because it's amazing. For the clarification, this is Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail because there yes. are more than one Monty Python movie. Can okay, I eat? Oh, yes. Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. I, I can't even. I can't even. Like, <laughs> what is parts that were funny? I don't know that I ever actually physically laughed out loud. There were times that I definitely like smiled and wanted to die less, but there were definitely <laughs> moments. All right, like, all the coconut moments. Just no. Uh, so, so this no. show is now only hosted by Courtney and Hillary. Yeah, so. I know. It's going to infuriate people. I get it. But see, to me, it was like, if I had seen that show when I was in high school, it's I would have lost my not, ish. But it's not like a, it's not like a crow situation. 
No, no, it's not. It's not that it's time. It's when I, so when I, I, I don't even begrudge people like the whole slapstick thing. Cause when I was like, before I was dead inside, I love that. <laughs> I'm dead inside now. That stuff just makes me roll my eyes. I can't handle it. You did, make me watch, you did make me watch a lot of Adam Sandler movies when we oh, were I nice. Now I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I hate it with a fiery passion that consumes my soul. I used to love, I was devastated when I realized that I no longer loved Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> I still love that movie. I, I probably that watched too, it a hundred times and thought it was the greatest movie that had it ever been made. Good. And I watched it a couple years ago. And I, I just, I, I was devastated. I could I, not. I am devastated it. at you. <laughs> I understand. This is what happens when you're dead inside. You know, this was my fault. I should, I should have seen this coming because I had a feeling that Kanani, in her soulless ways, was not going to be into Monty Python. I know. You knew. Real. You did that. I, I know. I just had hope. And maybe you, you should it. just see it because I was like, you know what? You're missing a lot, especially as we're in an election year and that whole speech where they're like, oh, no, we had a king. That is on every single meme. And so at least I can include you in this conversation. There but were some, some phrases that I was like, oh, okay. I know that phrase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that have become pop culture phrases Yeah, that I never, that I never got. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, this is the movie where it came from. Well, actually a show, well, it's a, it's a series. It's a limited series, Kanani, that I actually think you would like on Netflix. And Hillary, I think you would like it too. Najah, I'm not sure if you would or not, but I think, you know, it's always worth a shot. It's really well made. It's called Unorthodox. And it's loosely based on a true story of a young woman who, um, who fled the Hasidic community in Brooklyn. So if you're not familiar with the Hasidic community, it's, it's a, a very, um, I hope this is the appropriate word. It's a very fringe sect of Judaism, very, very conservative, a lot of, of very um, intense structure around the lifestyle, um, especially with regards to women. Most of the women don't have any education beyond a certain level and are really um, encouraged that their whole focus should be marriage and children and that this young woman fled to Berlin and it is based on a true story. Loosely, they, they took a lot of liberties with the plot, but the concept is, is real. And there's also a glimpse into this very closed off culture. Isn't it kind of for, for a comparison, they're kind of to Judaism, what the Amish are to Christianity. I would, would that be a fair comparison? You think? I, I think it's a reasonable comparison, whether or not it's fair. I don't know, but there is the sense of the very closed community, very strict traditions. And, um, I, I don't believe the children have the opportunity to experience the life outside of the community, but I could be wrong on this. I'm not an expert. This is such a risk when you're a podcaster, you say anything. And if you're wrong, everyone's like, Oh my God, you screwed that right. up. Right. I'm not a scholar on Hasidic culture. Uh, From what I, from what I understand, it's, I think that is a reasonable comparison, but, um, and it's, it's honestly a beautifully made movie. And um, there's only four, well, it's not, it's not a movie. It's um, a series and there's only four episodes. And uh, my husband and I do not watch the same shows. Like he is right now binging Twin Peaks and I like to watch Vikings and never the two shall meet. And, <laughs> and this is a show that he and I watched together. And like, I couldn't wait for him to, you know, stop doing what he was doing. So I just started watching more of it. And he's out there now finishing a series as we talk. So well, 
my husband and I, we, we do watch a lot of TV together. And on Friday, um, I drew a card in the morning from what's become my new favorite deck, um, the New Orleans Oracle deck, mm. which, uh, which has been created by my dear friend um, Fatima. And um, it was interesting. I got the Mardi Gras card and it was like, what? And it was like, you need to loosen up. You know, you need to kind of, you know, just check all this stuff aside. So, um, and it was like, even if just for a few hours, you know, you just become so bound up and everything. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, so I decided on Friday that, um, you know, we were going to watch nothing but comedies. So, um, you know, we got out the libations early in the afternoon, um, you know, uh, poured some whiskey and, uh, my husband and I, we sat down and watched Booty Call. That is what and, you just said. <laughs> and Jamie Fox and, uh, I mean, yeah, and Vivica Fox and laughed till we cried about, it is, it remains one of our favorite movies and it still remains one of the best movies for practicing safe sex in a just a most comical, hysterical way. I can't remember what we followed up Booty Call with after (laughs) I love this. That, you know, that's like, you know, I just needed a break. I didn't want to hear any news. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what funny movie we followed up booty call with, but that was, that was good for us. <laughs> I mean, that stuff is essential. I actually wrote about that this week and how really important it is to watch some absolutely ridiculous humor to cleanse oh. your mind and soul. Yeah. You gotta laugh. I mean, you know, everything is very heavy and very serious and, there's so much soul trauma going on right now, but you know, in addition, we still got to hold on to humor where we can find it. Cause we're in for the long haul and um, you know, whatever, you know, you can get a laugh out of during the day. Cause laughter, you know, to, to quote the old cliche, laughter is good medicine. And we still got to find things to, to laugh about, you know, during our day. It was a great day. We just, we just laughed you know, for hours. I love that. Well, I'm glad that we all decided that, you know, in part of being relaxed and, and trying to not really worry about things, we all decided that we weren't going to wear pants while we recorded this. That That was, that was a communal decision, right? It's not just me. Okay. Anyway, uh, Naja, I'm really glad that you found, that you found or got to revisit that movie that really makes you laugh. I think that, uh, one thing that I've realized during this time is that, you know, we have a lot of heavy stuff going on. And I think that I often plow through life trying to be like productive and work on this and do this and do this. And, and I think that I've really during this time realized how important those moments just to like watch something stupid that makes you laugh, like watch something that's just like something that's hilarious to you that gives you that little breath from kind of what's heavy going on around us, you know? Oh yeah. We, we need a break. And you know, I feel too, like, you know, I felt conflicted because um, I have felt pressure um, being a writer and an author and a spiritual person to, you know, portray um, this, you know, face, this certain kind of face or give these kind of words. And um, so I've started doing this um 
today's good juju anti-COVID-19 stay-at-home message and just post whatever I feel and um, know that, you know, even the most spiritual person during these times or the most religious or witchy or magical, I mean, this is some hard shit. And, you know, maybe today I have a word of wisdom, maybe tomorrow it's just, you know, like, you know, like you said, it's a picture of your cabinet or doing something silly. And I think the need for us to connect on a real level with each other right now is so strong um, that, you know, we're doing more good, I think, just by being um, humble and being real and letting people be with us and us be with them just how we happen to be because yeah. it's definitely a time of like peeling off layers and masks and just, you know, letting people know that you're here and I'm glad you guys are there and you're, you're doing these bonus episode shows because um, every little bit is helpful. I, well, I, extra nice and patient to Kanani, but she's like Facebook messaging me over in the window. Like we're recording a podcast. Why are you on Facebook? <laughs> not on Facebook. You just sent me something. Oh, you texted me something. I texted you something. Why are you texting me things? Because I can. Oh, yeah, what are you doing? One of one of the things, Najra, that I, I totally relate with what you're talking about is I'm super lucky that right now I'm still working. And I am hoping and trying to put that energy out there that I'm going to keep working through all of this. Um, but I am finding it, and I'm someone who's usually doing eight different things at one time, including holding down a full-time job and taking care of my kids and all the other things we do. And I'm finding it. And now it's like, all I have to do is kind of be home with the kids and, and work. And I find it really hard to focus on work Mm -hmm. because my brain is just going a million miles an hour. And there's so much just anxiety and stress and, So even though, you know, in theory, I have all of this free time and you would think that now I could, you know, and I'm kept, I'm fine with my work, but it's, it's takes so much more mental energy and focus to sit down and do the same things I've done for years, just because everything else is so overwhelming. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I've been getting that a lot from people. Oh, this must be a great writing time for you. You must just be sitting there just riding away. I'm like, no, it's exactly the opposite. I'm like, okay, right. Yeah, okay. I need to check the news. I need to get on Twitter. I need to get on Facebook. Um, you know, um, because our, what was normal and our patterns and everything that we depended on, you know, for routine has, you know, gone out the window. Exactly. Yeah. I have, I've had to, that's kind of where I've been having to be very kind of do the self care and be kind to myself because I, in my head, I feel like you have so much more free time right now. You should be accomplishing like everything you've wanted to accomplish and, and instead, I'm having a difficult time just accomplishing the few things that I have to accomplish. Yeah, and well, so I'm really, having to, like, tell myself, that's okay. Well, it's really not free time. <laughs> exactly. We're trying, to, we're trying to put, you know, it in a category, in a box. Oh, we have free time. No, we don't. We're not all on a vacation. It's not like we all just went, oh, you've got several days 
unending off now. Go do whatever you want to do. Exactly. It's exactly the opposite of that. This is this isn't, you know, um, you know, just a stay at home, staycation, do whatever you want to do. It's exactly the opposite. We're dealing with some really heavy things. And so um yeah, everybody's just trying to do the best they can because nothing, you know, nothing is the way that we've come to know it as. So these areas that we create in or work in. We're also anchored on the routine and the normalcy of our daily lives. And those things are gone now. So, of course, creative people or people who are trying to do projects or work from home, you know, the world has changed. So we're, you know, we're in a new new ocean, but we're swimming. I would I will say that one thing that has been nice um, for me personally is I think for me, I'm on I want to say week three of this. Because I think I started doing, we started doing the work from home stuff, I think a little sooner than uh, some other people did it. Uh, As far as working from home all the time, 24 seven, I've always worked from home a handful of days a week, but it had gone to just straight home for a while ago. This was the first Monday where I kind of, it's almost like it's a new routine. So it wasn't so overwhelming and exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's like, I now know what this week is like. Does that make, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. I know what it, I now I know what it's like. I know what it's like to work from home while we're trying to have the kids do their online school. I'm not going to have to be running errands in the evenings to take them to different extracurricular activities. Cause they're all closed. Um, my husband's having meetings for his job at home. So it's like, but it's, but all of that is now becoming the new normal. And so it's not quite so suffocating as I feel like the first couple where everything about your life has just changed completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like now it's kind of, you know, you're kind of resolving yourself to the situation and kind of finding a new normal. Yeah, it makes total sense. So we had a question from a listener. The question is, so serious question Know of any stones I could carry for protection at work. Know of any spell I could cast for health and protection. Today in our nursing group messenger, someone asked if we had any confirmed cases. Today they said one. I'm internally terrified. I'm an ICU nurse. I'm a healer. This is my duty and my calling. I am terrified, petrified. I'm not sure what to do. Any suggestions? I'm overwhelmed with Pinterest and Google. So, we talked about this a little bit between Courtney and Kanani and I, and of course, I mean, we want to say first and foremost, we obviously can't speak for medical protection and, and what, what you can do from a medical perspective. Um, we, we like to leave that up to the doctors cause they're the experts. Um, but you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about things that maybe could help for general protection or, um, or things that could be, could help with stress reduction Um, I know I, I really love black tourmaline for general, you know, energetic protection. Um, does anyone else have any suggestions that might help our listener? I just really feel for, feel for them. And, and, you know, I can't imagine what it's, what it's like to be in the, you know, out there really like fighting this war on the front line as a healthcare worker right now. 
Well, this is why I'm glad we have Najah on here because this is right up her alley. I think just to underscore what Hillary said, there is no spell or stone that will protect anyone from the coronavirus. Um, the, the virus can also not be cannot be prevented with the use of herbs. I've seen some of those discussions on um, on witchy Facebook groups. So yeah. no, herbs will not protect you from the coronavirus. Yes, they might, certain herbs for certain people might aid overall health, but so does a good night's sleep and, um, and healthy food and gentle exercise. Yeah, there's, lots of, there's lots of ways to like help support your immune system and keep you healthy. That doesn't mean that it can prevent a virus. No, this is a very contagious very aggressive virus that really, really kicks people in the ass. So your protection methods are washing your hands, dis- disinfecting surfaces, and of course, social distancing. But I would love to hear Najah's suggestions if there's anything magical that this listener could do perhaps to ground herself or steady herself, or like Hillary said, some just general protection and doing this really important work. Well, yeah, you know, I'm going to take it back to, and I totally agree with what you said, you know, um, we've got to keep it real. You can't be going around saying, oh, yeah, this herb's going to cure it. This spell's going to do that. You know, what we practice is in conjunction with science and um, healthcare uh, regulations and the CDC. And, you know, we just are here to support people and help them find strength and courage and comfort wherever they can so they can go out and do what they have to do, especially the health healthcare workers and the people on the front lines. And so, you know, what I'm going to suggest, which has been really helpful to me, um, because most people um, that I've come in contact with who do work on the front lines and um, those of us who are healers as well as we're very, we're empathic people. Mm-hmm. So we feel things deeply um, and, and, and all of this stuff is coming at us, you know, like big waves and it's hard to catch your breath. So, you know, I would like to suggest to people, um, especially to healthcare workers is to find that quiet space, um, day or night in their home where they can just take a minute and, um, go inside themselves and connect with whatever, higher power or deities that they find comforting to them. And, you know, one of the things that I do, which I've been able to do during this whole time is I still maintain my daily practice of going out, you know, looking at the sky, um, calling upon my ancestors and everybody in any culture has people who have gone before them who Mm. struggle deeply um, you know, in the case of African-Americans, we have our ancestries, ancestors who survived slavery. European ancestries have famine, people who have just been through horrible things. And so, you know, we need to, like, reach out, reach up to those people and ask them for their help. And then, you know, <laughs> keeping it real, I every day never leave home or never start my day without my Florida water I don't know if people can find that now, but it's pretty easy to find a bottle of Florida water online. And uh, it has such a good cleansing, refreshing scent. And we use it a lot in hoodoo to wash things off, to protect things, to anoint things. And just that little dab of Florida water just seems to lift your spirit and connect you to um, 
the higher realms and the people, um, your guides, your spirit who can help you. And I also, you know, if people are open to it every day, and I wrote about this in my book, Good Juju, I always begin my day practicing um, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which is pretty involved. But, you know, just for people listening, you know, the archangels are there. Um, They're there to help us. They're there to guide us. You know, you can't like call on them too often. This is what they do. There are higher beings in the spiritual realm that are here to assist us. And these are the times where, you know, you have to call upon that what you need. And so, you know, I would just offer those suggestions to people, something they can do, um, you know, that's um, easy and um, slow and, Um, You know, you can also just use some salted water when you come home and kind of just uh, wash your hands in that a little bit, sprinkle it over yourself. Just that act of using the cleansing and refreshing uh, blessing of salted water just to kind of connect, you know, with the earth and the powers of water can be very helpful. It doesn't have to be something really big or a stone you've got to go out and find, you know, if you come across a rock in your yard that calls to you and want to put that in your pocket, do that. So those, that's where I'm going right now with what's been helping me and what I've been trying to share with people. Can you tell people what Florida weather is in case the person that wrote in doesn't know what that is? So, um, yes, Florida water. I have a bottle of it right here on my desk. <laughs> and so there are recipes online, but basically the one that you see a lot, it's made by Murray and Lanham. It comes in this beautiful uh, greenish plastic bottle with a gold label, and it's got beautiful pictures of flowers on it. And um, contrary to opinion, it is not Florida water, water come that's made in Florida. It means um, water of flowers. And it's used in a lot of spiritual work um, in a lot of different communities. And it has this very refreshing scent. And so you just can pretty much Google Florida water and find it by Murray and Lanham. That's, you know, that's pretty much the gold standard. Used to could buy it in Walgreens next to the witch hazel. It's used as a refreshing cologne when people are hot and um, it's used in lots of cleansings. And so, um, yes, we use Florida water a lot in hoodoo and conjure and um, lots of, you know, witches use Florida water. It's just a good all purpose cleansing um, liquid. It's like as we're doing a lot of work to clean our hands and our spaces, it's also really important that we're cleansing our souls and as some say the etheric bodies, the the energy that we we carry with us because like Najah said, it's toxic out there right now. You might as well be in a swamp when you take that very short walk to your end of your driveway, which is as far as you can go. Exactly. And actually the bottle says Florida water cologne and it says New York and it's a beautiful bottle. And, um, you know, I use my Florida water every day, every day. It's used in a lot of different ceremonies. It's just an all purpose, good cleansing, refreshing scent. It, you know, just smells so uplifting and, uh, people, um, you know, use it for all different types of magical purposes. But I find just putting a, a little dabble do on a daily basis and instantly you get that connection like, oh, 
okay, I'm connected to spirit. I'm connected to cleansing and healing work. And, and hopefully that will help, um, you know, some of the healthcare providers, you can even, you know, dab a little bit on the inside of the mask that you're wearing, you know, just to kind of breathe that nice scent in to help ground you. And it does really ground you very quickly. Um, so I, I would suggest that it's not very expensive. You can get little tiny bottles of it. It's pretty easy to find. That's a great recommendation. And thanks for explaining that. I know, um, I think lots of people do know about it, but in case some of our listeners don't, you know, it's a, it's a really good resource and a really good thing to use and have in your supply, your magical toolbox, as I like to call it. Um, I think it's also an important reminder that there are recipes to make it online. I think also Stephanie Rose Bird has a recipe in her book, Stick Stones, Roots and Bones. Yeah, there's lots of recipes out there to make your own. Yeah, I would suggest maybe putting it, um, I wouldn't put it on uh, your mask because I think the requirements for the people with their masks is once it's wet or if it's moist, throw it away. That makes sense. So, but I mean, if you could put it on maybe like, um, like if you had a bracelet or something like a leather bracelet or, you know, something that you could have that could be, that could kind of maintain a scent like she's talking about that you could kind of, you know, you're really stressed that you could kind of breathe or like a satchel or something. I think that would be phenomenal. It disappears. The scent disappears pretty quickly. I was thinking maybe they can even just touch the strings that they tie around their ears with it or something. If they can't do that, I'm glad you said that. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, You know, we're not medical experts, but, um, you know, maybe the strings that go over their ears or something, Mm -hmm. they barely touch that, and then that that would keep that mask part. I was just thinking about how I've been reading how they're just wearing them all day. Same mask, you know, that's just got to be really unpleasant, you know? It is. I mean, I was in the doc, I I had to go to the doctor um, last week and um, they put me in a mask (laughs) and I only had to wear it for like two hours, but I was really done with that mask after two hours. Yeah. Yeah. The the N95 masks that people have to wear are like, so they are meant to fit very tightly around your face. Mm. It really creates a seal. So like it, I mean, it's uncomfortable. I wore one when I had to go out and get some supplies. Um, and I had to go into the workplace to deal with a workplace situation and had it on for about three hours. And like my whole face was like raw from the areas that it was sitting on. Well, that's the one that people are showing pictures online of like nurses that have bruised faces. Yeah. And it's because it's so tight. It's literally, it literally causes bruise. And it has to be tight like that to protect them. But yeah, that sounds painful. Yeah, it is not not comfortable. I, um, one of the things that we kind of had, a I stocked up on a lot of magical supplies, uh, around the holidays and I had taken my daughter into a place in Tigard called if the broom fits and we had bought a couple different spell bags. And one of the spell bags, the spell bag that she picked out was one for stress relief, which first of all, my children have nothing to be stressful about, but it had candy in it. So, of course, she liked the spell bag. That had candy oh, in it. Because she was your child. Because she's my child. So, I, I, of course, let her buy it. But, in fact, right now, I understand they are under a lot of stress. Yes. And so, she actually broke out her little spell bag. 
And uh, part of the spell was that they eat, they get to eat a piece of candy and then it has a bubble wand and then they go outside and they just take deep breaths and they just blow bubbles. Nice. And then there's a little chant that went with it. And so they blow bubbles as they're saying this little chant. And it was just so sweet to watch her do that. And I just thought, you know, that's a really good kind of kid activity, yeah. you know, cause they can do it from the patio. They're getting some fresh air. Right. It, bubbles are fun. Everybody loves bubbles. And you can kind of come up with whatever, you know, calming, soothing chant works, works for you. And, um, but that was kind of fun. So that was kind of something we, my daughter, we, or reorganize their altars. We're trying to kind of, they still look very winterish. Um, cause we haven't really been able to go out and collect the I'm things sure that we would usually kind of, collect for spring. I'm sure that's kind of low on the priority list, exactly. altars, but maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe our altars should be a a larger priority, not to add like one more thing to do, but tending your altar is an act of self-care. I think we sometimes yeah. forget that. Yep. I, is, I, my daughter I, actually started having like some weird visions, which I had talked to Courtney about. And my daughter actually has a, it's absolutely adorable. You can find it online. It's a kid's tarot deck. Mm. So the, it's, it, they're not stick figures per se, but they're very, very simple, simple drawings for each card. And they were like printed on paper and laminated and, and they have a little, their own little bag and everything. And so she actually started, we actually did like a little mini tarot class, which I thought was so funny. Um, and she actually has started like pulling cards to like learn about the cards and things like that. So well, I mean, you know what? I just want to say um, sometimes um, I'm going to share something with you guys. I get these um, impressions. Um, I've, I've, I've never, you know, used the word psychic with myself at all, but I am highly intuitive and um so I, I just, it's like pressing on me to say um, to the person who wrote in about feeling terrified, um, I just am going to say the way it's coming to me is that spirit wants me to tell her to ground by putting her hand on the building when she comes out, mm. like touching the stone or the cement mm. to ground herself. And if there's trees, if there's trees anywhere nearby to actually go and hug the tree and give the, tell the tree her problems, find comfort in trees around the building or where she's working, or if she passes a tree that, the strength of the tree that's connected to the mother earth and the roots and the healing will take her sorrows and her fear and use that as an ally for her in her work. Mm. What a beautiful message. And there's a symbol there, which is you're telling the building, or right, you keep this energy, just keep it. Yeah. And so that you're not taking it with you. I know my cousin, who's a, healthcare provider, I know when she sometimes goes into her house, she'll tap, she's Southern, she'll tap her shoulders and say, no piggybacks, no piggybacks, so that whatever she's carrying with her doesn't come in the house. But I love the the idea of basically leaving 
that energy with the space or in the tree, finding sending it down to its roots or out through its, its branches. But that's really a powerful sentiment. And I'm sure it'll be helpful, not just for this listener, but anyone who's working at whether a hospital or a grocery store or any other of the essential, um, essential fields who are out and about right now. Well, yeah, I mean, everything that we have is being compromised and what a lot of people are in these sterile environments, but we really still have the gift of nature and nature is all around us. It's thriving. I get up every day and I look outside. Oh, okay. The trees are still here. <laughs> the birds are still coming to my feeder. Um, okay. If I start seeing lots of birds on the ground, then I'll probably get really, really, really worried. But so far that hasn't happened. So I'm like, okay, so You know, we're struggling through this, but we still have nature. And a lot of us who are called to these paths is because of our love of nature. I mean, that's how I came in, because I've always been comforted by nature. I can always depend on that. And so, you know, everyone doesn't have the time to be running around and buying this, that and the other or looking for a stone when really what we have is right outside. We can't go very far but we do still have nature. We still have the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, and the ground. And, um, you know, we just have to kind of dial things back now and use what's here right in front of us. And that just was really strong um, that I needed to share that. Thank you for saying that. It does sometimes seem funny when I'm driving to one of the two places I go now, either to the nature trail to exercise my dog or to the grocery store, it does seem strange to see the trees in bloom because I want to say to them, haven't you heard there's a plague going on? Why aren't you going with them? <laughs> but the trees are like, no, I'm still going to do my tree thing. And here are some pretty blossoms for you to enjoy while you're quarantining. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've done uh, a lot more since all this has been going on is First thing I do in the mornings now is I open up all the all the blinds and all the curtains. Yes. And I get as much natural light in as I can. And I've been super fixated on our patio. And we have like bird feeders out there. So occasionally the birds come and the kids get excited. And we've got beautiful planters out there. And we've got some decorations. And because to me, bringing the outside in is infinitely more important than it ever has been. And so if, even if it's something as simple as being able to look at some lavender plants on my patio, it just, it, it calms me down. It makes me feel not quite so claustrophobic. Oh yeah. I mean, all of that is perfect. And we know how wonderful lavender is. Oh my gosh. I love yeah, lavender plants. Wonderful. One of the many things we're trying to do right now during our bonus episodes is try to profile and uplift small businesses because so many people are out of work right now. So we put the call out to anybody who wants to let us know about your magical pagan or witchcraft 
goods that are for sale that you can purchase online and can mail to people. And we had a couple of people write to us this week. Uh, first was Jenny Davies Razor, who um, produces mythic and magical pieces um, from ceramic sculpture to mixed media jewelry. She was going to be at the Between the Worlds and Sacred Space conferences, and we were going to get to meet. And unfortunately, that's been postponed. Jenny, I was looking forward to meeting you as well. And her website is www jdaviesrazor.com that is some that will be on our website and also reminding everybody about El Chemical Goddess who does beautiful handcrafted pagan talisman jewelry um, she has an Etsy store etsy.com the alchemical goddess company and but she's also at the alchemicalgoddess.com and she also carries our spell cards we will have all of her contact information on our website so you can get your beautiful jewelry and the spell cards that we created so now is a really good time friends to do your Christmas shopping for others if you are able to do that so let's support our local businesses and go ahead and get the Christmas and Yule and Solon and birthday presents now. My birthday's in July. I will take presents early. Would be glad to. <laughs> uh, also, hi, I'm turning 40 in May, May 14th. Oh, right. So send the presents my way, friends. Hillary, we put together a, a Hillary's turning 40 gift registry of small things you want. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing because you know I'm going to be stuck inside. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. So then friends, buy Hillary a birthday present. <laughs> oh my God. Literally, I was like saying that today. Someone was like, are you getting excited for your 40th? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, I mean like, yes, but I mean, I'm going to have to get creative with some sort of virtual party, clearly. Yeah, I, I guess our, our plan to to rent the entire of the Enchanted Forest in Salem and then just get really drunk and high and run around on the slides, I don't think is... is any, we weren't even I mean, sure like, they would I, let I us. definitely want to do that, but not until we're out of... I mean, I'm like, for sure we're still going to be... I think we'll pr- likely... I don't know, May 14th, I don't think public gatherings will be back yet. So, so, uh, so I've been trying to think of creative. Maybe we can like... Just we couldn't have afforded to rent it out anyway, so maybe let's just, just maybe let's just go and trespass. I'll just print out uh, a like some <laughs> on some computer paper, like an image of one of the things, and I'll just take some mushrooms and pretend that I'm there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking, maybe. No, um, no, not totally joking, Hillary. Okay, mostly joking. Uh, <laughs> astral travel to it. And I'll just ask. I'll just sit there and really deeply meditate and astral travel, and we can have an astral travel enchanted forest party. There you uh, go. <laughs> you're a genius. <laughs> I've already got a hat on. <laughs> I'm already there, man. Oh my god! She doesn't need pants. She has a hat. <laughs> God's way ahead of us when it comes to you know putting yourself together. We're barely. Uh, I mean, I'm basically wrapped in a bed sheet here. That's the way I've been for a week. <laughs> the minute you said enchanted forest party, I'm like, yeah, I got a hat. I'm already out there. I'm there. Yeah. Next time you come to the, to Oregon, and it, hopefully it's sometime. It you know I think it's they're open between like March and. September or March and October, I think. Yep. Um, the Enchanted Forest, for those that are wondering what the hell we're talking about, is a very bizarre, uh, like, the- 
children's storybook themed theme park. It is the best place on earth. It is the best oh, place on earth. And it was built there. It was and built in like, I think the 60s, 70s. Yes. And it has that vibe. Oh, it's so weird. And it's like, it's, it is hilarious. It's, in fact, I was on a work call. And so um, we are all, obviously all doing, using Zoom to do work calls. And you can set your background to like whatever photo you want. So it looks like you're wherever the photo is. And so I've got a picture of like the witch's mouth and put it on there and was like, I wonder who, and like all these people were like, Hillary, what the hell is that? And then all of a sudden I started getting these messages like enchanted forest. And I was like, I know who grew up in Oregon. (laughs) It's it's like a giant, it's this strange ride where you like go into the witch's house and you go down the slide or something and you come out her mouth. Yeah. You you walk into her mouth. You walk into her mouth. Okay. Slide out the side of her head or something. (laughs) I I love reading the trip advisor warnings about it from people who did not grow up here. And they're like, you crawl into a hole in the ground and it's Hansel and Gretel's cottage. And, and, Hansel is actually in a cage and they're animatronic mannequins and they're really well, yeah, the animatronics, the like seventies era animatronics are, are just delightful. Like they are just amazing. And, but actually one of the beautiful things about it is every single one of those rides was built by one man. Yeah. Like, oh, is, the story is incredible. There's like a whole documentary about it. Um, now you can go when you're there and there's like the, uh, there's a gift shop area up there and they also have like a little theater that now shows the documentary on like the building of this, how long it took and everything they put into it. It's, it's kind of a really amazing place, but I mean, it is like a staple of my childhood. <laughs> like, you oh, know, no. like, it sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's the, it is the best. I took a, I had some friends up from California. Let's see. It must've been summer last year or late summer. And it was, they they were like Hillary, what is this place? <laughs> like, it is my childhood. Oh, you like, don't be killing this place. My happiness, my heart. Yeah, uh, it was. They were like, this is so amazing. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's totally amazing. We also scared the crap out of ourselves in the like not very scary haunted house, but like scary because like it's it's not like it's not the gore fest that haunted houses are these days but it's like super creepy in in and of itself uh because of the way it's built it scares the crap out of me every time (laughs) yeah oh man you're making me really miss normal times i really want to go to a strange theme park and like i know i know and, and take selfies and complain about the lines i know it's funny what like what you don't complain about anymore isn't it I know, right? Like, like the drive to Salem, Oregon does not seem that far right now. No, it's like, you're like, oh, that short little jaunt, not very high. <laughs> like, I'd take it. So I wanted to take a moment. I, I know that we've been recommending causes that you can pay attention to or help support um, during this time. And, and one, I wanted to make sure we got to this. So um, a, a cause that I think is worth looking into comes out of the Pride Foundation. Um, and... It, they started a crisis community care fund, um, and the goal is, they say, we recognize the dispropor- disproportionate impact this virus has had and will continue to have on people in our communities. There are so many in real danger, and we are committed to centering those who are most impacted by the crisis. Um, they, are, they are prioritizing um, uh, helping people within these communities, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, 
people living with HIV and AIDS, older adults and elders, uh, people with disabilities, people experiencing homelessness, and East Asian communities experiencing violence and discrimination. So uh, we'll put their site up, uh, their, a link to their funding site up. I think they're a great organization to support. Um, and I mean, they're a great organization in general. And I think their, uh, their response fund is really, is really trying to, uh, be out there and, and help the most vulnerable people in this, in this scenario. So, uh, we'll list them, uh, as a resource on our site. Naja, before we, before we kind of start to wrap things up, I was wondering, and you've given us a ton of advice, advice already, but is there anything that you think, uh, a meditation or a resource or a practice that you think is, you know, easy for people that, you know, maybe don't have a lot of time to dive into something deeper can, can integrate into their, into their daily practice or things they can do to kind of help ground themselves. I know, obviously we've talked, talked about going out into nature, but if there's anything else or any other pieces of wisdom that you could, you know, give to our listeners, I think, um, we'd be all ears. Well, you know, I'm going to keep with my tradition and just um, encourage people to make connection with their ancestors, with those who have gone before them. Um, I think it's very important right now that people take a moment to realize that they stand on the shoulders of of many of their loved ones um, who struggled through tremendous and difficult times. And something that... um, you know, I can just kind of narrow down, um, which has several steps to it, but is pretty simple, is to pour water to your ancestors in the morning when you wake up. In my practice, we do that before we take a drink ourselves. And so you just, uh, there's many other steps to it, but, you know, just to briefly, just to take that moment and give yourself, get a glass of water and raise that to all the people who have gone before you and pour that on the ground. And then after you pour it a little, you know, sip a little bit of water on the ground, then you take a sip yourself so that you connect to the life force of water and to those who have gone before us. Um, you know, we're going forward into the unknown, but we know behind us we have um, so many great loved ones, um, so many helpers on the other side, and, and we're not alone And I think a lot of people do feel alone and are very afraid. But if you can connect with that strength of those who have gone before you and call their love and comfort to be around you, um, I find it to be a great help and I do it um, every day. So that's what I'd like to leave people with. That's beautiful. Is there a way for people that are maybe in uh, apartments and, and not able to go outside, is there a way that they can adapt that if they don't have earth to pour that on? Or is it important? Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, they can um, actually, you know, spirit is forgiving. So they could pour it in a little glass and then pour that down their sink and just say a prayer. Or they can pour it in their plants if they have plants. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just basically the act of pouring water. So, and I'm glad you said that. So, yeah, it's more the act of just acknowledging them and acknowledging yourself and that and that connection that's never broken, no matter what. That's such good advice. And I really appreciate, um, you sharing that. I think that we're all looking for things that can help us support ourselves through this and, and support each other through this. And that's just like a very 
tangible way that you, something that's not, that's easy to integrate in. It doesn't take resource. It doesn't take, you know, um, it doesn't take money that people don't have. So I I really think that especially right now when people are scared, physically scared financially, it's really nice to have something that they can utilize or uh, put into their practice that is tangible for them to do. Um, and something that I think is really impactful. Well, to all of our listeners, we really appreciate you being with us today. Um, continue to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, obviously that which um, We'll have all of the suggestions and recommendations that we've made during this episode up on there. Um, and obviously with questions, feel free to, uh, to reach out to us via email or website, any of our social media platforms. Um, and thank you so much for supporting us. Wash your filthy hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> you guys it's been a pleasure. I really enjoy being with you guys. Thank you so much and blessings and um, safety and good juju to all your family, friends and loved ones and to all the readers and listeners out there. The same to same to everybody. We're all in this together. We are definitely all in this together. Thank you, Naja. Yeah, Naja, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast.